0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today I am going to talk about a topic that was requested Uh, by a subscriber on the standing up for yourself and the ways that um, well what I'm going to discuss is the ways that sometimes people think that they should stand up for themselves more but other times uh, people who think that really ought to stand up for themselves less so you got to really strike the balance there and we're going to talk about what um, is illustrative of a person in each sort of situation and what that really looks like but before we get to that please do subscribe If you haven't, you will get to hear all of my bonus content uh, maintenance, sex, uh, sibling rivalry, uh, why husbands think they should work out, and that that'll change everything, and women may not think so as much, etc. So, thanks to everybody who's already subscribed, and hopefully, all of the rest of you will. Uh, Anyway, so let's move on. So, standing up for yourself. Uh, overall, that's a positive thing, you know, but if you really look at it, it really puts you in opposition to other people right from the framing. Standing up for yourself kind of implies in the phrasing that there is somebody who is out to get you and out to hurt you in some way, and you have to defend yourself against that. So, frequently, people who are very worried about standing up for themselves and um, or thinking about things in this way grew up in households where there was always a victim and a perpetrator a very black and white mentality uh indicative of households where people were struggling with depression anxiety and just overall negativity so um and and also standing up for yourself does not always um it doesn't dovetail with anything that's happening in reality, right? So many of us have had experiences with parents where they tell a story, and these are parents who struggle with uh, self-absorption in some way, and they tell a story, and um, they are supposed to be the scrappy hero of this story, but yet anybody listening, besides a child, so remember, you would have learned this as a child, and you would have believed what your parents said, but as an adult, you'll hear you know, the story like, and then I went to the bank, and I asked for two fives and they said they didn't have fives. So I said, I bet you do have fives after all. And they tried to give me ones, but I persevered and I asked to speak to the manager. And I really stood up for myself. And you're listening, you're like, you lunatic, like you made a problem out of nothing. Why are you so dramatic and crazy, right? But if you're a kid listening to that, you think, wow, mom really stands up for herself and there are are perpetrators ready to do you a disservice, and injustice all over the world and you have to be on your guard to make sure that you don't get victimized by these people who are behind every corner right so first of all if you're somebody who thinks a lot about uh the idea of standing up for yourself you have to think about where this language came from and um frequently it's because there were parents that were very paranoid um some due to good reason, you know. I mean, immigrants come to this country, they get taken advantage of frequently, and then they teach their children to fear everybody, even when the child is not in that situation, you know. Um, and there's a million other uh, societal reasons, but then there's also people who just struggle with depression and anxiety and past trauma who see danger around every corner when there isn't any, and they raise their children to think the same. So instead of standing, so, so, The idea of standing up for yourself also within a relationship, this is like that like narc abuse thing, you know, that I'm not so big on where people say that like people with narcissistic traits are just like totally evil monsters. You'll see this like in popular media. Um, And no, they're not like same as people who struggle with borderline traits or trauma or depression or anxiety. Nobody's a monster, you know. I mean, it used to be a well-known thing that people come into therapy to grow less self-absorbed. Uh, that's a, a major um, part of growing up, evolving, and self-development. But now, if you're thought to have any narcissistic traits, you're thought to be beyond all all help, that is certainly not true. It doesn't um, mirror anything that I've seen in my experience as a psychologist for over, you know, a decade. But anyhow, if you grow up with um, he- hearing about this sort of standing up for yourself, like against a narcissist or something, this is always a very chaotic, conflictual situation on both sides. Frequently, people who are very worried about standing up for themselves can be, um, they were raised in this sort of me versus you dynamic. They saw an upbringing like this, a couple like this characterize their parents' relationship, and now it's uh, bled over into their intimate relationship where they're always worried about standing up for themselves, uh, especially against a narcissist. This is a big um, trope. So um, so let, let's think about it. Like, what does it really mean to stand up for yourself? This implies that there is somebody trying to get you down. That really isn't true in most situations. Uh, most people, including intimate partners, don't really want to make you miserable, right? So why don't we just reframe it in a more positive, healthy way to asserting your needs? So this, this standing up for yourself, there's no... Um, There, there's like an aggressor or a victimizer, but asserting your needs, that can be done just you to you, saying, hey, I want to go for a walk today. There's no oppressor there that's saying, no, you cannot, right? You're just asserting your needs. So what stops people, now that we're changing the rhetoric to something that's kind of healthier and less uh, victim mentality, what stops people from being able to assert their needs? Well, certainly, as everything, it starts how you grew up. Like, this is how you were trained. If you were trained by a parent um, who was fairly self-absorbed to not have any needs because it wasn't very convenient for them, or you had a sibling who was a huge personality with a lot of problems and you were the one who wasn't expected to have any needs, or your parent was struggling with substance abuse or depression or anything else, either way, you were taught that you shouldn't have any needs and it wasn't very convenient for others when you had them. And this really makes you hesitant to assert needs later in life. And in fact, you don't really know what, the needs that, you know, what your needs are. I talk with a lot of people in therapy, and they're like, you know, as long as they have water and food, they, like, really don't even know what a need might be. You know, is a need affection? Well, I mean, I can live without that. Is it need respect? I guess you could live without that. And they have really no idea because they've never been trained to even think about it. So in this sort of situation in therapy, we really talk about what are basic human needs. And FYI, they are they do include respect, affection, love. Um, self-actualization, independence. I mean, listen, if you're in a war-torn country, you're gonna have a set of different needs. There's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm not saying that self-actualization is anywhere near food and water, but once you have food, water, shelter, and a job, and a relationship, and what have you, then yes, respect, affection, um, kind of self-agency in the world, getting to pick what you do some of the time, that shit's important. You know, obviously you think it's important for your kids, so it's important for you too. So the first thing here is some people don't even know what their needs are, and they have to really work that out via therapy or introspection because they were raised in a household that really did not prioritize their needs. And in fact, um, it was not really good for them to have any, and they learned that. So these are people who turn into people-pleasers, workhorses, et uh, In I'll link to those posts. Next, if it's in your relationship and you do feel like your spouse is always like um, – Uh, pushing you down and telling you that you can't do stuff think about why you're letting them right? You're letting them probably because you saw a similar relationship growing up and you learn that it's one person is the martyr and the other person is the one who gets to do everything they want. And then you and whoever, whichever parent you're modeling on was the martyr who never gets to do anything and is the perennial victim. There are, there are very few situations where you cannot learn to change this dynamic by literally thinking just eat, eat. most of the motivation for people comes from what are you going to show your kids if you just always kind of lay down and let the other person do whatever they want which by the way doesn't even make the other person a bad person i mean literally if you have two kids one of them always gets to pick the game and the other one always says okay even with an attitude how are you going to be mad at the one who always says i want to play monopoly like <laughs> not their fault right they always want to play monopoly if the other one's like okay fine like you know, you would say to that one, hey, say you don't want to play Monopoly, right? So that's what you want to say to yourself. What kinds of uh, role modeling am I doing if I just never even figure out what I want or if I do, I never advocate for it? You know, I'm really training somebody to look and say, a child, to look at me and say, adult life is terrible. One person in every couple, at least, never gets to do anything they want, ever. And um, it's pretty shitty to be married. It's pretty shitty to be an adult. I don't want to be either. Right? This is the... uh my, my oft-repeated threat that they'll end up in your basement right live in there forever if you don't make it seem fun to be an adult so that can be a big motivator to assert your needs another one is that you can feel really liberated when you finally get past the fear uh, that other people won't uh, somehow let you do what you want you you can do what you want you're an adult so there are so many ways even with a job kids and everything else that you could take little steps to do more of what you want there's people People who will not even like you know, read a book that they want to read because they think that all of their time ought to be uh, spent reading something productive or something for work or or catching up on email or something. If this is you and you are being a martyr in this way, I mean, I don't blame you. You learned it from somewhere. Somebody always had to be busy, productive, you know, work doing stuff for other people. Why don't you try to figure out something you want to do for 15 minutes a week and protecting that space even down, to demarking it on your calendar demarcating it on your calendar and let your children see you do this by the way that you're prioritizing yourself even just for 15 minutes start small you could work all the way up to an hour or more you know whether this is going out for a walk reading a book that you want to read watching something on tv that you want to watch on tv whatever it is you can make it happen and if you really do have some villainous spouse that is obstructing you from doing anything you want any of the time by holding a gun to your head get out of that relationship but if there is no gun to your head think deeply about the ways that this dynamic has arisen right so it wasn't just one person all the way back to dating this person was probably selfish and you were probably just going along with it so they get more and more selfish you get more and more resentful so stop the pattern now and start to assert your needs and straightforwardly present what you would like to and are going to do in any given situation and when your kids see you do this they're going to learn to assert their own needs as well now again I really want to reiterate that if you're somebody who says no people are obstructing me like this bitch at work and my asshole husband and uh, my bitch mother-in-law and whatever else listen (laughs) all these people can't be so terrible you know I'm sure they're annoying. What people are not annoying, right? I mean, you know, people can be very annoying. But who is the person that keeps laying down and letting these people do what they want? You you so with the help of a therapist or just my wonderful pep talk here you can start saying things and setting boundaries actually a very good book is the adult child adult child's guide to what's normal which includes a lot of boundary setting and by adult child they mean adult children of alcoholics but it can be for any adult children of dysfunctional families the adult child's guide to what's normal try to remember to put that in my description and they talk about kind of just normal boundary setting. So I work with a lot of people that the mother-in-law is like, I wanna come over now for dinner. And they're like, okay. Cause like they learned they're never supposed to assert their need. So you may think of it as like, I'm gonna to learn to stand up for myself against my mother-in-law. No, don't frame it like that. Cause that makes your mother-in-law into a monster or an aggressor. She just some bitch wants to come over your house, right? Fuck her. Like, you know, like you, you don't, you don't have to, this is not a soup kitchen. You don't have to feed her at night. You can plan to have her over some other time, but like, whatever doesn't have to bother you you would just say no tonight won't work let's schedule for Friday if you can do even that if you can just set one boundary like that you'll feel so much better and you know what if your mother-in-law is like oh well Friday doesn't work for me you're like well okay what about Monday you keep pushing it back but you say no to tonight Now, if you're somebody who wants to invite her over tonight because she's a lovely person, then you're not listening to this podcast for this reason. But also, sure, let her come over. But you have to want to let her come over. Or you have to have a good reason to let her come over if you hate having her over. Such as, it's your daughter's birthday, so yeah, okay, you'll have her over. But if you really don't want to do something, let me assure you that you don't really have to do it all the time. There is nobody in in a situation that they're not in, in you know, uh, what was I just reading about with my son in history? The fiefdom and the serfs. You're not anybody's serf. You can do what you want at least probably 50% more of the time than you think you can if you're somebody who struggles with this. So, saying to your mother-in-law no can't really have you over tonight then your husband maybe he'll be like he'll be surprised right if you've never asserted yourself he'll say well why can't why can't we have her over you say well i don't really want to have her over tonight so i can do either next friday or next monday and then you can have her for dinner and i'll be going to the gym and then maybe he'll be shocked but if he's shocked I don't think he'll say 100% no I forbid it because if he said something so asinine you would say who are you to forbid me to do anything and then we would be back in in, on earth where he's not allowed to forbid you to do shit right so start very small with very little boundaries that are things though that you never would have done before so if your kid says yo can you bring me another glass of water you could say no I'm not doing that anymore. We are going to leave a bottle of water in your room and you're not allowed to come out because it's your bedtime and I relax after your bedtime. Just that one boundary, by the way, would improve the lives of millions of parents if they just listened to it. A small way to say, no, your ass is staying in your room, is very, very helpful pragmatically to many parents who struggle with bedtime. So think about it. If you are somebody who struggles with standing up for yourself, which we have now, remember, recategorized in a more healthy way as asserting your needs because there's no monsters, there's no oppressors. This is a dynamic that you learn growing up, and we are trying to get out of that paradigm. You are going to unilaterally assert your needs, and then you can deal with fallout if people have any pushback. And they will, of course, if you've always been going with the flow, then there'll be some pushback. But people acclimate. They acclimate, and they start to say things like, oh, well, all right, I guess, you know, I guess she could come over Friday. All right, fine. And then that's a victory right? Because you got what you wanted, you said what you wanted, you got what you wanted, and now you have learned to assert yourself. And that will build and build and build. These things build in a virtuous cycle, and you will learn to assert yourself more and more and more over time. All right, so that's your homework. If you're my client now say that's your homework for the week, you're going to try to find a little way to assert yourself and to set a boundary in a way that previously you would have thought was impossible because uh, other people are preventing you from doing so. And by the way, you may have to be a person who does a lot of introspection about what you even need and want to begin with. So if you're in that case, you can write out a list of five wants. Five wants. I want to take a walk once a week. I want to read a novel this week month I want to buy myself a bracelet off Etsy I want to uh, sign up for a class at the gym whatever yeah anything you want it could be small it could be big right so you may have to start there but if you're somebody who knows what you want then your uh, assignment is then to get it (laughs) to get something that you want by asserting yourself All right. Great. I hope that everybody goes out and does this and I will talk to everybody soon. Remember to subscribe if you're getting anything of value out of these podcasts, which I hope you are. Bye bye, guys.